This is Taking Back the Reins podcast. I'm Dina Shale. In this show, you'll learn how to recover and thrive by working with horses through trauma-informed equine-facilitated learning, because it's time for you to take back the reins. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how children are being helped by therapy horses in schools. We developed a program back in 2016, 2017, in year two of our business. One of the things that we had to do was to be able to think quite quickly on our feet during year two of the business as we lost the land for us to be able to facilitate the programs. And so um, we bought a little trailer and I hooked it up to the back of my old discovery and I started to take the ponies out to schools. And from that, we created a program called the I Can Do program, which we now still take out to schools. I had a, a little old Shetland called Meiju who was absolutely super with children. She loved children. She was an old rescue that had come into us that had been a broodmare. Then she'd been a ridden horse and she came into us and she came in as a, a bit of a retirement. But I could tell she'd still got some life left in her and she still wanted to carry on working and she loved working with children. Even though she was a rescue, she came into us um, from a lovely family who just couldn't keep her any longer. And the children had outgrown her. So I started to take her out. So we started to speak to schools about well-being and health and how horses could help. And I started to go out to a couple of local schools and it sort of built from there, really. So what we would do was we would take the ponies out and we had a structure to the programs and we would teach the children how to manage their stress and anxiety and then we would get them to practice with the horse. So over a period of six weeks, they would learn lots of skills that would help them to manage how they were feeling in school and also give them tools that they could take away and use each day in their environments at home or at school. So obviously this is all pre-pandemic and we were working with a lot of stressed out children then, children with ADHD and autism. And, you know, our programs had started to grow and started to get really good results. So we had two regular schools that we were working with and we would travel out to. And I would take um, Meiju and we then had a little Welsh section A that came into us that couldn't be ridden again. And he made a perfect little pony to take out alternate weeks when I wasn't taking May. So we created the I Can Do program on site and really out in school. So we adapted the I Can Do to be able to take out to schools so that the schools could see our work. And obviously this was much easier for them because they didn't have to transport the children into us. And it was really impactful. The children really benefited from Bart going out and also made you. And we would take leaflets out and give them paperwork and we would teach them about the nervous system and how they could regulate their, their feelings and their emotions and what was happening to their body. And we would just demonstrate this with the horse. So they were learning with the horse and we could just, you know, rock up anywhere and we would just create a little space. We would put the horse on the side of the, the trailer and we could do 
um, quite a lot of our activities out on site. And when working with children with trauma, obviously they need some nervous system regulation. So obviously our programs really suited them. And because they'd had some kind of trauma, they would really connect with this non-judgmental animal. And especially girls, they really enjoyed working with the little ponies. And when we worked with children with ADHD, obviously their energy was a lot higher than the children with trauma. But we would use this space that we had out of the schools in the best way we could. And working with children with ADHD gives them an opportunity to observe their own behaviours in the way that the horses would react. And it gave an objective angle for them to be able to see how their behaviours affected the horses. And, and I've got many really good memories of me going out to these schools. And, you know, uh, May was the most laid back character ever. And she just was so caring towards children. But at times, you know, when the children had their hyperactivity spurt, then, then May could react to that. And that gave us then something to talk about, almost like a mirror of, of their actions. And it gave us a chance then to analyse how their actions affected the animal. And that gave them the chance then to alter their behaviours of the way that they behaved around their four-legged partners. Over time, we've developed that program and now we go out to a lot of specialist schools. These have popped up a lot more over the years that we've been working. And one in particular is almost like a what I call a last chance school. So it's a, an SEMH school with a lot of traumatised children and a lot of children that are in care or have been in care. And being around the animals is is really, really fascinating to see how they change and how calm they can be around the animals and how gentle they can be when, you know, they may be smashing up classrooms or being really destructive. They usually are very, very less judgmental and, and don't want to hurt animals. So being in those environments can be quite scary for us as a team. But when we regulate ourselves with our skills that we use on the Project Pony, we then regulate the horses, allow them to realise they're going to be safe and we're going to take care of them. But also that really helps the children, especially if they're really dysregulated themselves. And we've had some massive results with um, special educational needs children. And one school in particular approached me about teaching their teachers the trauma-informed work because I think there's a lot of need out there for teachers to be trauma-informed but also to have done their own personal development work. A lot of the teachers that we've seen on the journey have been very stressed. They've got their own targets to meet. My daughter herself, she's a teacher in an English department in a very affluent area where the school is, where she works. But equally, you know, if she didn't have those skills that I taught her, I think she would maybe struggle with more stress and anxiety herself. The schools are really, really struggling with teachers and and I think it's really important that they give them the opportunity to be able to develop themselves, but also develop themselves in a way where they can help the children more. And this trauma-informed element is really, really 
beneficial to the schools for them to be aware of what behaviours they're seeing is an underlying issue, that there is an an underlying problem here, that the children are really struggling and the behaviour isn't a naughty behaviour, it's a cry for help. So not only have we been working with schools bringing the children into the site and going out to site, we've also been working with the teachers as well. And just before Christmas of last year, we brought a school in to give them an experiential learning experience. And they really benefited from learning about the nervous system, learning how to regulate, but they've got to really learn how to embody those skills that we're teaching them because it's a bit like giving them a diet plan and saying, here you go, guys, it's Christmas, take this sheet away with you, go and do a bit of dieting over Christmas. And then they come back and say, well, I haven't lost any weight, Dina, because, you know, over Christmas, all I've been eating is Christmas cake and, and drinking alcohol. And those skills that we teach have got to be a continuation. They've got to be embodied. They've got to be consistent for them to be able to see the changes. And I always say in my work, there is no magic wand to anything. There's no magic wand to losing weight. There's no magic wand to wellness and mental health. But if you're consistent, you'll see the changes. And so When we work with the schools, we're asking them to be consistent and be consistent with the children, get that rhythm going, get that routine going. And then the children, you'll see a change. And if you're regulated and you know what you're feeling and what's happening in your body, then that will help the children because there's no incongruencies with this. You know, the children, especially children that are autistic, they've got ADHD, and we've worked with a lot of children over the years where they pick up on your emotions. And if you're not congruent with them, same with the rescue horses, they know and they will tell you. And then you get the behaviors because there's this enmeshment and confusion around how they know you're feeling and what you're saying. So being consistent is really important and making sure your continuation of this work flows through your families and flows through the schools as well. And when we work with the children that come in on one-to-ones, because we generally work in small groups, a lot of the children are too anxious to come in groups. So we tend to work on a one-to-one basis, but we always bring in the parent. So we want their parent to embody and learn this work so they can go home and support their child and they can support their whole family. Because, you know, if mum is stressed and mum is really anxious, then the behaviours are coming from the children because of the way that they know that their mother is feeling. And I know this, having been a mother as well in my own family, I remember being really, really stressed when my children were young. I was trying to juggle a job, trying to get them to school. I wanted to learn. I wanted to set up the business. And I had horses, housework, and all those things that mums are juggling. And I remember my son saying to me, mum, are you feeling okay? And I remember saying, yeah, 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 because that was what I thought I had to say. And then he said, but mum, I know you're not. And my son was so in tune with my body and how I felt and and still is. Um, because if you're not congruent with them and not honest with them, then they know that you're not being honest with them. And that 
is, you know, this incongruence again. And if I knew what I knew now, then, then obviously life would be very different. And I would be more honest and say, you know, Joe, I'm not feeling this way and I'm not feeling great today. And, and, and that would have put him at ease. But, you know, through life, through experience, we learn these things. And I can only now give my experience and my wisdom to the families that come to me, that come for help. And also those schools as well that are trying to help more children with mental health, with trauma, and also with ADHD and autism. So if any of this work today has touched your heart and you would like to know more, obviously, please follow our Facebook page, our Instagram, our YouTube, which I'll put in the the notes at the bottom of the podcast today. And hopefully I'll help somebody to take back their reins. And if you can share out this podcast and help somebody today, then I'm doing my job in the world in helping more people with children. Thank you for listening to Taking Back the Reins with me, Dina Shale. I'd love for you to find out more about how you can recover with horses. Come and join my free Facebook group, Highway to Healing. 